Well, here we are a little bit late on this Sunday. Joe Chaffee and Joe Rayo on the Joe and Joe Weather Show. I hope your weekend has been uh, a good one so far. Uh, Joe, uh, you uh, have rain gauge issues. I uh, had internet issues. My internet issues finally got solved this morning. So, so uh, we should be... Uh, uh, in good, we should good be good in good shape going forward. So, uh, well, I, you mentioned my rain gauge issues yesterday at about uh, three or four o'clock. I, I didn't note the exact time. We had a not a downpour, Joe. We had a downpour, and uh, it was coming down uh, really, really hard torrentially. And yet, when I was looking at my rain gauge, normally when we have a shower of that magnitude, the rain gauge will flash stuff like. It's raining cats and dogs, exclamation point, exclamation. And I'm looking at the amount, and up until that point, I had 0.27. And five and 10 minutes later, my wife looked at the rain gauge and said, it still says 0.27. And it continued to pour on down. I must have had at least another half to three quarters of an inch fall, but no movement on the rain gauge. So what I think happened, my wife uh, says that this is the most likely explanation, is that a leaf or some piece of debris landed in the cup, the rain gauge cup, covering up the, the hole or the sensor, and so precluding the rain gauge from noting how much rain was falling. So now, after I finish with you, I'm going to have to go outside. My, my weather station is on, a, on like a 15 or 18-foot mast, so which means I'm going to have to bring out the little giant ladder and stretch it out to its full length, and then after aligning it with the mast, climb up like a 12-foot ladder and try to see if I could look in and see what is in that cup to see if uh, is anything clogging or anything keeping uh, the rain from getting in. So that's my fun uh, project for the afternoon. Maybe I'll just let my son, who's a lot younger than I isn't am. That what, isn't that what children are for? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get him to climb the ladder. And then after that, I have to... Uh, uh, fill the uh, hummingbird feeders. The hummingbirds over the last few days with all the warm, humid weather really went hot and heavy on uh, the three feeders, so I need to fill them up. So as you can see, I've got a whole afternoon ahead of me on this uh, Sunday. Yeah, uh, you posted this morning on Facebook, uh, Comet Neowise uh, is uh, putting on a bit of a show, and uh, you, uh, of course, were out there early this morning before sunup to try to get a good shot of it. I had uh, on Facebook, uh, uh, a few f uh, folks on my uh, feed uh, were out this morning and took some very good pictures. I wasn't able to get in contact with them. I always like to ask permission before I use their stuff, uh, but uh, it did look pretty impressive from what they, what, what the, the, the shots that they put up. Well, you see, the problem is that I, I, I moved up to Putnam Valley so I could see the stars because I couldn't see very many stars from where I used to live in Levittown. And uh, the, the trick is, however, where I am, I'm surrounded, my home is surrounded by 50 to 75 foot tall trees. So for me to see something that's low in the sky, that's only about 10 degrees above the uh, northeast horizon at sunrise or just before sunrise. So in order to see it or get at it, I have to get in my car, pull the car out and go about three miles to the Putnam Valley Elementary School, which is up on a hill. Mm -hmm. and overlooks the east and northeast part of the sky. And so I had, and there I was at 4.15 this morning, all by my lonesome in front of the Putnam Valley Elementary School in the twilight, 
looking for uh, the uh, the comet, and I did see it with uh, dimly with the naked eye because I I should have gotten out a half an hour earlier when the skies were darker. The twilight was beginning to hide the comet with the naked eye, but I did see it with binoculars, and it was uh, evident. And the good news is that this week, beginning on Tuesday, running through next Sunday, the comet will be available in the evening sky. Much more convenient to look for a comet at 9.45 or 10 o'clock in the evening as opposed to 3.45 or 4 o'clock in the right, morning. When you wake up and you're still, when you're out walking around, you're still sort of half in the bag. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, where is it? <laughs> so I will be, and it looks like, it looks like from, from what I, I got a glimpse of the maps uh, this morning, Joe, it looks like that Tuesday and Wednesday, not only should it be clear, but we actually have a shot of, uh, dare I say- little, little dew point break. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That's right in the midst of all of this, uh, a noticeable drop in the humidity and uh, maybe more comfortable conditions and maybe more transparent skies uh, as we get into the Tuesday, Wednesday period this week. Yeah, I, I Faye, uh, Tropical Storm Faye, I guess, you know, altered the pattern a little bit, at least enough, uh, even today after they got that upper trough that swung through yesterday that produced some... Uh, uh, as you as you call them, uh, drown pours, uh, and there were a, a few of them around. I, of course, did, didn't see a, a, a flake or an ice pellet here, uh, as always with the boilerplate. However, it got overcast, and it got rather breezy uh, yesterday evening and for a, a good portion of last night. Uh, but I, you know, the, most of the radar uh, radar echoes yesterday afternoon, northeast New Jersey, uh, up the up by you. Who are you there? What's that? I'm sorry? I, I, you suddenly just popped off for oh, a second. Okay, a little technical glitch, I guess. I'm, I'm here. Uh, yeah. No, the, the uh, storms yesterday, uh, northeast Jersey, up around you, parts of New York City, uh, and uh, up the Hudson Valley were the bigger winners, and everybody else uh, didn't get very much. Sort of the nature of uh, summer weather. Sometimes uh, everybody gets it. Sometimes only a few people get it, and sometimes only one odd person gets it, usually the one that has the outdoor party planned. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the week ahead, Joe, looks pretty, um, I don't know, it just kind of looks pretty straightforward to me. We're going to, uh, by the way, today's uh, Sunday show is going to be a little shorter than, than average as we did get to a late start. Uh, for those of you joining late, uh, apologize for that. Uh, we usually like to get going at 11 o'clock Eastern time, but I had internet issues uh, since last week, and I just ran out of data, so I had to wait for them to come and plead it, thankfully. I'm amazed that they actually came on a Sunday morning. Well, yeah, you know, uh, it, it it was a frustrating experience, if only to try to get someone to, you know, you're on the phone, I mean, literally, Joe, over a course of days, five or six hours going over the same things over and over again. At some point, you just throw your hands up and just say, can you please just send somebody uh, to fix it, and, you remember the good old, remember and the good they old did. Company. When we worked, when we worked for the old company, which was Cablevision, owned by the uh, the Dolan family, things were a lot different. I think if we had, if you had this problem back in the day, when especially being an employee of uh, Cablevision, you probably had this problem done just like that. But now that the new owners from Europe, and I guess they do things a lot slower out in Europe as opposed to here in America, they get you. Your, your message or your phone call, and they say, all right, we'll get to it. We'll get around to it. And they finally got around right, to but it, it but about a week later. 
Yeah, it's but it's a weekend. It's the month of August. We're all on vacation. When you get to August, everybody's on vacation. Uh, yeah, it's you know it's 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 very frustrating. But I, you know, looking at the satellite, at least at midday today, it, it it's pretty quiet. There are a few areas that are getting some thunderstorms around the country, but uh, on the whole, Joe, the the uh, most of the east. Uh, except up in New England, northern New England, where there's more cloud cover today, still probably on the southern edge of whatever was left over from Fay, and uh, but up and down the East Coast, things look pretty pretty docile. Uh, there's some uh, thunderstorm activity breaking out right now uh, in parts of uh, Tennessee, uh, and we'll take a look at the radar in the second in a second. The plane's not too shabby today. The West uh, looking nice. Uh, Parts of uh, some thunderstorms, some scattered storms uh, starting to break out in parts of Colorado and in the Western Plains. But it's a relatively quiet, almost midsummer day. Yeah. And uh, and, and and even today, Joe, I, I was out for a little bit earlier today and uh, this morning and, and not a tremendous drop in the dew point yet. But certainly it feels a lot better out there now as opposed to the way it felt uh, just a day or two ago. So. A uh, bit of a break today, but I think a much bigger break coming when we get to uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Yeah, I, I did my walk this morning, and it was um, <clears throat> it was it was actually quite pleasant. Let me bring up the radar here. Uh, we'll bring the uh, national radar view, and uh, the northeast uh, got a little bit of action up in western Maine with some showers and storms there. I don't think there's going to be much of any. Uh, pop-ups today. Maybe there might be the isolated cell in one or two spots, but that should be about it. Uh, our radar is quiet going into early afternoon. There are those storms in Tennessee and northern Alabama and Mississippi, northeastern Mississippi, moving south-southeastward. Uh, that action up in the western plains, uh, seeing a, a few showers. Uh, but again, much of the country fairly quiet. Uh, quick uh, look at SPC, Storm Prediction Center. Uh, with their risk areas today, uh, we're looking at a, a slight risk uh, in uh, parts of uh, Colorado, northwest Texas, northeast New Mexico, the Oklahoma Panhandle, marginal risk from Louisiana, northeast to West Virginia, southwest PA. There's a little uh, area, Joe, southeastern and southern New England to Long Island where no thunderstorms are expected, but I, I, I sometimes think that that's just a matter of routine. Uh, they're indicating some general thunderstorms out to the west. But again, I think they're going to be few and far between today. Now, tomorrow we've got a marginal risk uh, from uh, southern New Hampshire and, and, and points southward down through southern New England, New York City, Long Island, the lower Hudson Valley, New Jersey, southeast PA, Delaware, Maryland, eastern Virginia, half of North Carolina, and a small portion of South Carolina. And that's with the next upper trough swinging through. And as you said, that's going to be the one that's going to bring some dew points, uh, relief, some dew point relief for Tuesday and Wednesday. Slight risk of severe weather tomorrow. Parts of western Minnesota, eastern North and South Dakota, down through Nebraska. And as push on just to push quickly to day three, which is uh, Tuesday into Wednesday, uh, we are seeing, you know, they're still carrying on Tuesday, now maybe this is just a little bit left over early Tuesday, I don't know, but they, they have a general risk right along the immediate coast, but that seems a little bit far-fetched to me. Yeah, I, I, I looked at that and I said, why are they still showing general thunderstorm coverage? Now, it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's kind of weird that 
today they don't have any thunderstorm activity for you. And I, I wouldn't have had any thunderstorm activity even here in the Hudson Valley. Uh, and yet on Tuesday, with this spread of uh, drier and less humid weather spreading across the Northeast, they have you in uh, general thunderstorm coverage. And meanwhile, to the north and west, they, we're out of it. I, I think the whole Northeast should be out of it, but you know, I don't, I'm, I don't work for the government. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, so I'm, I'm, uh, I, I brought up the GFS. I'm going to bring up the, we'll bring up the dew points. And tomorrow, Joe, the dew points do come up in that area of risk. It's mostly dew points in the mid to upper 60s uh, running up and down the eastern seaboard. But then on Tuesday morning, you know, your dew points are down in the upper 50s uh, all around uh, the northeast uh, through Pennsylvania, uh, low 60s, even 60-degree 60 dew points down into Virginia, and during the afternoon on Tuesday, our dew points are in the mid to upper 50s. It should be a pretty reasonable day, and it holds on till Wednesday. They come up a smidge on Wednesday, not you know to a little bit up near or just above or just below 60. But again, I like you, as you pointed out, I think we're going to see uh, it be relatively comfortable, and then they start to the dew points start to shoot up again toward the end of the week. Uh, and uh, in fact, on Friday, Joe, the dew points get up into the low 70s again. And also for next Saturday, uh, we've got some pretty wicked dew points. I'm just looking also for next weekend uh, around the Great Lakes where we're looking at dew points in the mid to upper 70s. I mean, that's 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 uh, that's oppressive. Yeah. In fact, uh, I just uh, I'm taking a look at the uh, the GFS uh, Moss guidance for Tuesday for White Plains. And at 18Z or 2 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, a temperature of 80 and a dew point of 59. So that's going to be nice. Open, open the windows. I, I think I'm finally going to, I'm finally going to uh, give the air conditioning. I think the air conditioning here has been running nonstop for the last uh, eight or 10 days. So I'm finally going to give it a rest. Finally, you know, please. some somebody's got to feed the electric company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the upper air this week. I'm just looking at uh, what's. Of course, I'm just. I I, I rolled it back to uh, Friday when uh, Faye moved up the coast. You see that first short wave that moved through here on Saturday. The next one on um, tomorrow with some showers and storms, and of course that dew point relief. And then we see uh, a fairly deep upper low <clears throat> in uh, South Central Canada near Lake Winnipeg. That sets up, it starts to pop the ridge up a bit in the east along about Thursday. Now I'm looking at this uh, going into next weekend, Joe. The flow across the U.S. north of, just north of us. I mean, that's where you start to get into to the, uh, the the cooler flow that comes around uh, from, from uh, southern Canada. But it looks like that's going to be to our north. So uh, perhaps uh, it'll lead to some hotter weather here at the end of the week. Certainly going to lead to higher humidity once we get the dew point break. And I'm just t taking a look at the long range. The ch you know, There's a little troughing off the East Coast uh, around the 21st, 22nd of July. But you're basically dealing with, we don't have enough of the GFS to go all the way, but you do have a big upper high that builds right in the middle of the country. So our, the question, I think, is going to be, are we going to continue to see the model surprise where we get these short waves that's, that come down in that northwest flow that we're on the edge on and then just kind of keeps the heat suppressed. Maybe the heat gets in here for a day or two and then gets pushed back south rather than seeing something that has a long duration of many days. Uh, I always, you have to kind of prove it to me when uh, you're following a
I'll just go back one run. Let's just go back. I'm going to go back to the 6Z just to take a look. Should it load? And it just did. Yeah, the, the, uh, the 6Z actually had a much flatter ridge, east-west ridge. The 12Z kind of brought the main ridge a little bit stronger as a much flatter east-west ridge. So we do have some troughing here on the prior run that wants to drop into the eastern part of the United States. So that, I think, will be the uh, conundrum going forward uh, as to whether uh, we'll see, uh, see heat for a couple of days followed by a cold front. Or do we wind up with something that lasts a bit longer? So the next thing up front and center, by the way, is going to be tomorrow. We, of course, don't have no issues for the rest of this afternoon. No issues tonight. Uh, and then tomorrow, we're going to see this weather front go through with some showers and storms. Uh, the GFS doesn't really do too much with it. But I don't know. I, I, I think the risk is, of severe weather is justified. And then your dew point relief for a couple of days and... And then we'll see what happens. It doesn't really look like a whole lot of rain other than those the, the, the odd thunderstorm threats tomorrow. It doesn't look like that we're going to see much of the way of rain this week and even into next weekend. You know, I'm, especially since I had this interest <clears throat> in uh, looking for the comet uh, this upcoming week, and I had a few friends of mine saying, so how does the weather look for next week? And a few days ago, I told them, I said, you know, quite honestly, I don't really see all that great a break in the pattern. It looked like it was going to be warm and humid and hazy right on through much of next week. And so what we're looking at here for Tuesday, Wednesday is kind of a surprise. Uh, I don't know, as you just mentioned at the top of the show, whether or not Faye had anything to do with the bending of the uh, upper level winds in such a manner to bring this little batch of drier and less humid weather our way for, um, for, for Tuesday and Wednesday. Actually, I did see a few days ago a, a, a slight dip, but this is not just a slight dip anymore. This is now a a more significant dip, as we just mentioned, uh, for a short while on Tuesday, temperature uh, dew points may actually drop into the upper 50s. And that after dealing with near 70 or above dew points, that's going to feel so delightful. I'm really looking forward to that Tuesday and Wednesday. And Joe, you, you mentioned for the past few days that you were wondering whether or not on Monday we may actually see some severe weather. And it looks like it, the folks over at SPC kind of agree with you. They're putting us on a marginal risk. Who knows? We may actually see a few uh, notable or robust cells of uh, thundery weather uh, pop up tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening. Yeah, I mean, I think the trough is there. The upper trough is there. I, I think it makes it makes sense. Uh, we've we've seen this 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 act play out before, where where these short waves have been coming down in the northern stream, and uh, they have been the the uh, the catalysts for some organized severe thunderstorms. Now, whether it's a widespread round of thunderstorms tomorrow or something where, you know, you get a couple of uh, small lines or uh, some clusters where there will be the isolated severe thunderstorm cell in the mix, so that remains to be seen. But I'm always kind of cautious when you see some kind of shortwave trough that's in the mix. I'm just taking a quick look at the tropics, by the way, just going through the end of the month. Uh, one of the things I'm noticing is that uh, we're seeing... Uh, an increase in areas across the tropical Atlantic uh, and also in the subtropics uh, where uh, you're getting some, some uh, large pockets of light wind shear in the upper atmosphere developing. Now, whether that leads to anything or not is, is another matter, but it seems to me like we're beginning to see the, uh, the, the, the tropical atmosphere begin a transition that 
once we get into August, we're going to start to see activity rev up again. I don't know if we're going to wind up. I mean, you, know, you mentioned about maybe we're we've got we're going to go into a quiet period for the next couple of weeks. I think the models do support the notion that we might be in a quiet uh, in a quiet uh, a little lull. Uh, but uh, maybe after that, as we get toward the end of July and start to go into August, which is, you know, that's not exactly a revelation. If it does wind up, we do wind up seeing uh, activity picking up. Uh, no tropical storm activity being indicated uh, or any kind of uh, disturbances that, that the Hurricane Center is watching for the next um, the next five days. And let's see, I really take a look at what's going on on the Pacific side right now. We've got uh, Tropical Storm Christina uh, that is uh, barely a tropical storm and is about to die in the graveyard of the Pacific. Uh, there is a disturbance out to the east of that off the coast of Mexico that has a 70% chance of becoming a tropical depression or a tropical storm in the next five days. But uh, I don't know, did Christina wind up reaching hurricane st uh, status for a brief time? I, I didn't really pay close attention. And I did not either, but uh, it has been uh, on the cusp, if so, so to speak. Or it and was it, on the cusp, yeah. And, and if you, and if you uh, really needed to know, I guess you could uh, go to... Uh, I'm, I'm pulling up the storm archives. I'm just, just kind of curious about this. Let's see. Uh, so that would be, I'll, I'll just randomly pull out one from yesterday. Uh, tropical storm, 60 knots gusting to 70, 65. So did it ever reach hurricane strength yesterday? Uh, 15. Nope. Not at 15 Z. Not at 21 Z. Now I, I'm curious about this, if only because of the fact that, uh, we are very deep into the hurricane season for the Pacific side. I mean, normally by now, or most years, you've had at least a couple of hurricanes out of the, out of this. But uh, it, it, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, looking, skimming through these advisories, Joe, uh, didn't happen. Looks like Christina did, they, you know, they were forecasting it to reach minimal, at least minimal hurricane status for a short time, but it didn't happen. So here we are at middle of July on the Eastern Pacific, not seeing a tropical, a, 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 a hurricane, is another check in the box to suggest that the weak activity on the Pacific side is going to continue, and the uh, uh, the more act the more, the the uh, busy side this season is going to be the Atlantic side. Yeah, well, we we haven't had a hurricane yet either. Um, we've, Which we've would not be unusual for for us. Right. That's not unusual. Right, right, and uh, to, to use the term that. Uh, Neil Frank, the former National Hurricane Center, once mentioned to me in a in an interview I did with him back in the 80s. July is always a slack month, and this is uh, while while I mean we we have had a tropical storm to visit us here in the tri-state area. In terms of hurricane activity, you, you really have to wait until like mid or late August to start seeing it pop. And I have a suspicion that we're we're going to see a very active later late August and September period. And that also goes along with what others have been saying, including our our friend Captain Kirk at Weather Trends 360, who uh, said we had we would have 20 uh, tropical cyclones to deal with and a few major uh, storms, and so far we're up in the F uh, list on the in the alphabet. So well, he's got six out of he has he has six out of the way, okay, yeah. leaving yeah. 14 from now until the end of the season. That's that's certainly a that's a doable number. You could have had a season 
you could have an active season, and we've had active seasons where we've had no storms in June and no storms, no name storms in, well, you should count May now, May, June, and July, and then have had 14 name storms from from August right into early November. So his his uh, 20, his forecast of 20 at the moment is, is looking actually quite doable. I'm just looking here at the I, – I'm sorry to take my mind off of weather for a moment, but I just saw my wife. I was about to mention she's talking. She, she's she's getting. She's talking about uh, 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 taking a ferry that you, that she's never ridden on before. Really, she's she's talking to Chuck Cardillo, and she says, "Chuck, you may have a problem with your IT band. Look that up on the internet. You will need to do some specific stretches for this, and it will get better." Oh, he's got. This is a physical ailment. Yeah, uh, no, IT, IT is it's not information technology. My wife is my wife is the uh, along with being the expert and being able to fix mechanical things and being a fabulous cook, Joe. She's also uh, the in-house chiropractor. Oh, very good. So, so if you have if you have any back or shoulder problems, well, is this? I I didn't see what Chuck said about his pain. It, it, did uh, is 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 that the 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 pain that you get back through here over the back of your shoulder up near your trapezoid? I, I don't know He's because if that about- if that's it I had that and I and that's and, and I have a friend of mine now who has it too and uh, it, it could be it could be rather debilitating because it pulls down on everything and you find yourself having to just kind of hunch yourself over to to, to try to uh, control the pain the chiropractor fixed it for me right uh, a little bit of like that electric massage stuff and. Uh, uh, I did the hand massager that I have, and also um, uh, one 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 or two quick adjustments, and, and and he fixed it, and I haven't had a problem. This is going back now about a year and a half ago. I can see Chuck uh, Chuck is mentioning about uh, uh, he's tried everything from Bengay to all the other tr- topical creams and lotions, including the patches. It's only affecting my right leg from. My hip to my foot. Oh, okay. okay. So he's got a lower. He's got. He's got. He's got a, a, a lower issue, not an upper issue. Yeah. Oh, this is it, sucks getting old. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm speaking for myself, but if you're if you don't consider yourself into that category, one day you will be, and you'll you'll understand it. Yeah, it's his sciatic nerve running down down there. That 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 can be really problematic. And uh, Chris Wikipedia says, take a tennis ball, lean against the wall, and rub it out. Could be a nut. So, Joe, we've gone from talking about weather, so now we're talking about back and uh, and and and. Uh, we were a very eclectic uh, show here, Mr. Rayo. We 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 cover all subject matter uh, exactly. and solve all issues. We repair chainsaws. We, you know, we fix washing machines. We do all that sort of stuff. So anyway, let's real quick, because uh, it's coming up on uh, 1250, and it's a beautiful day outside, so I don't think everybody wants to sit around watching live streams. By the way, you can also, uh, this will be on a pod, on podcast uh, in about half an hour. So as soon as the show, the, uh, uh, the show is done, I put it up on a podcast. So if you miss some of it or you want to go out and do your walk, exercise, or you want to listen to it in your car, uh, you can find the Joe and Joe Weather Show on various uh, podcast platforms, including Google Podcasts and Spotify. Um, okay, so really quick, 
I did look at the questions, and I just want you to know, folks. I we I look at the questions before the show, and some, and I don't go to go on Google that, to find the answers. Is that permissible that you look at the questions in advance, Joe? That you get them out of the giant vault? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And break the seal, so to speak. Exactly. All right. So here we go. These are actually not easy ones, by the way. Um, these were the final Jeopardy questions all the contestants got wrong last week. Are you there, Joe? Yeah, I'm here. Are you there? Yeah, you keep what, what's happening is that you keep the, the, the your your voice keeps coming, you know, or in and out. Not, now I hear you now. So all right, no, I'm not doing anything. Um, my levels are good. I'm, uh, my levels are fine. So must right. be must be something in between. Okay, so these are final Jeopardy questions all contestants got wrong okay okay the first one is it's the only country that borders both the persian gulf and the caspian sea the only country that meant turkey i was going to say turkey but we'll we'll find out uh the second one is he came to power 30 day 34 days before fdr and left 19 days afterward. And the first, the, the first thing that, that came to my mind was Joseph Stalin. Yeah, I would have said that too. Okay. Uh, and the last one is, even though she has only appeared in two Broadway musicals, all right, she was nominated for a Tony Award both in 1962 and 1964. I don't know, Liza Minnelli? No, it's too uh, too young for Liza Minnelli. But okay. you, you might be, you know, you might be Judy. Well, I guess I I, I don't know Judy Garland's uh, Broadway uh, history uh, in term, but but that's a possibility. So I think I'll say Judy either Judy Garland. The only other thing I, person I could think of was Julie Andrews, but that would be very early in her career. So I don't not so early, Joe. I I, I think. Was it 1962 to 64? Yeah. I think she was already well established by. Okay, 62. so maybe, so I'll throw those possibilities out there and we'll find out. Uh, and the last one, by the way, and Price is Right rules apply for this. Um, what five states have had the most direct. Uh, I'm sorry, forget what I just said about Price is Right rules. That's a second, uh, another question. What five states have had the most direct hits from hurricanes? So I, I my guess. Yes. My guess would be Florida, Texas, Louisiana, um, North Carolina would be the for those four. And um, did you mention Alabama? Alabama has a really small coastline. I know, but I mean, you'd have to really thread the, the needle there. Florida. Alabama, Mississippi's coast exposed coastlines are pretty small. So yeah. I'm going to say South Carolina. Okay. In that order. Right. And all right. So the, the, the one that's price is right rules is for you, Joe. How many direct hits has Florida had from hurricanes in the last 100 years? Oh, God. Give me a break. In the last 100 years, I'll say a direct hits. Direct hits. I'll, I'll say, at, I think it's at least half of, the, of 100. And remember, uh, you got both coasts, too. So. Right. I'll say, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to play, I'm going to do, I could do one of two things. I can either uh, uh, bid $1 uh, 
Okay. Or I'm gonna or go one dollar over yours. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna go one dollar over yours. And say seventy eight. And we'll find out um, we'll find out what the answers are um, tomorrow. Although Scott is typing them up now. I think he's typing something up now, the chairman. Did you ever see by the way the price is right? It's on YouTube where this guy they went to the showcase and this there were two big beautiful motorcycles and then they asked the guy how much do you think how much are you bidding on these two motorcycles and he said $250,000 <laughs> and bob and barker then, and bob barker said are you sure you want to go with that and he he said oh oh well yes uh and he, he lowered it to eighty thousand dollars. Oh God! And then when they asked the the gal who was one dollar, all she said was one dollar. One dollar. And it was so funny when it came back out of commercial, uh, the 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 uh, woman's name, the woman's name was Gay, and she said, "Gay, you went for one dollar, and the actual retail price twenty eight thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars, twenty seven thousand four seven. You win." And then, then he went to the other guy and says, now you have to be within, you have to be closer than that and not go over. Two motorcycles, $80,000. It's amazing. Look it up on YouTube, folks. It's there. 118 is the answer for Florida's direct hits. So, wow. So I'm, I made the correct Price is Right decision. Oh. Well, congratulations. All right. So look, let's wrap it up. Uh, everybody have a great day. <laughs> You win a beautiful ring from Mike from the Michael C. Fina Company, Chicago six oh nine. The last Spiegel Catalog Company, Spiegel Chicago, Illinois six oh six oh nine. And of course, uh, there's always Dicker and Dicker <laughs> of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Nobody could say it better than Tom Pardo. Oh, I know. He always you would drop his voice. His voice would. Well, it was Kenny Williams though? No, Kenny Williams was uh, was uh, Hollywood Squares, right? Yeah. So he right. would, he would always drop his voice two or three octaves lower when he was talking about you know, the fur the fur coat from Dicker and Dicker from Beverly. <laughs> Beverly. <laughs> and you know what's and I've said this to you before. The the real funny thing about it is. I was about 50 years old when I figured that joke out. <laughs> yeah, we watched the Hollywood Square. We just didn't we, think anything of it. Didn't think anything and of then, it. And then, then afterwards, looking at it on clips on YouTube, and so you're thinking, you're at the now you're at the age where you're like, why are they laughing at that? Why is that funny? Right. And then, like I said, when I was about 50, then it just kind of hit. I said it's one of those things. I was sitting around one day, and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> now I get it. Oh well, I've led a very sheltered, clean life. Well, um, it's like it's like it's like when we used to watch that one Bugs Bunny cartoon where uh, Bugs and Yosemite Sam are battling each other on top of a train, and the train rolled into the station, and the station's name was um, uh, what was the name of the station? <laughs> oh, Rising Gorge. Rising Gorge. <laughs> <clears throat> I always liked the one where uh, Granny was in uh, was in Venice with Tweety. They're on the motorboat as Sylvester's trying to catch him, and he's doing like on, I think he's like on water skis, and he he winds up slamming his face into the side of the bridge, and as he peel, you know, the body just kind of slides down and goes into the water. There's a sign there that says "Ducka, you head, Lolo Brigida." <laughs> All right, enough. 
Everybody have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at the usual shopping time, 7 o'clock Eastern. Don't forget, you can always catch us on the podcast, on uh, uh, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and four other platforms. And hopefully this week we'll be on uh, on iTunes.